Welcome to Conversations That Matter, a ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church based here in Salisbury, North Carolina. My name is Taylor Hutchins. I'm the production manager here at St. John's Lutheran Church. Uh, this is a podcast that we have uh, begun here with St. John's. Uh, it's called Conversations That Matter. We actually dipped our toes into it a little bit in uh, 2020 slash 2021 during COVID. Um, and uh, we have actually brought it back and we are going to be doing a little bit more with it now, folding in some stuff like uh, history and church life as well as uh, ministry partners, etc. And speaking of ministry partners, um, we are talking today with Hannah um, from Graces, and Graces is based in Antigua, Guatemala. So Hannah, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Now, Hannah, we wanted to have some conversation about uh, with you about Graces. We know you've made a special trip here to see some of your ministry partners in the U.S., and uh, we were lucky enough to have you uh, preach for us while you were here. Yeah, it was it was great to be here um, on Sunday with everyone, and hopefully, I didn't scare anyone away with my preaching. <laughs> no, I think I, th- I think you did a great job. I think we uh, we usually get a really good response from those um, from from those types of um, uh, messages. So um, a few questions about you and Graces to help us get a little more, uh, I guess, into like a deep dive uh, of the life and ministry that you have um, going on in Guatemala. First of all, can you tell us a little bit of the foundation, um, foundational information about Guatemala, about Graces? I mean, even location, weather, how long of a flight is it from here to there type thing? I mean. Yeah. Um, so Guatemala is the country that's the first country that's right below Mexico. Um, and it's a small little country, probably the size of, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, it might be about the size of North Carolina. I don't know. Um, but it's, uh, the weather, it's pretty nice. Uh, it's actually, the nickname for Guatemala is Land of the Eternal Spring. So it kind of stays in that 70 degree range there's a rainy season and a dry season, both about half a year long. Uh, and the flight, uh, let's see, from here it's about, um, it's normally two two flights that are roughly two, two and a half hours long. Um, and then something that I said uh, yesterday um, during the, or on Sunday during um, the service was that Guatemala, just a little bit of history about Guatemala and kind of the reason why it is how it is today um, with the level of poverty that it's at is because of Guatemala's um, 30 year, I mean, in part because of Guatemala's 30 year uh, civil war that just ended in the nineties. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, I've, I've actually had the the ability to go to Guatemala uh, there with you a couple of times uh, for, for other things, or you were there. And um, I know that we fly into Guatemala city and that's a, probably the largest city in the area. Mm-hmm. It's about three or four million people, I believe, somewhere in there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, I believe so. Yeah. Um, and um, then from there, you drive, <laughs> what, about an hour 
Yeah, depending on traffic, it could take <laughs> could take an hour. It could take three hours. Yeah, but yeah. Roughly, it's uh, without traffic, it's about an hour. And then you're you're based in Antigua, Guatemala. So mm-hmm. that's kind of is that north? Is it south? I, I just got in the car and went. I, I don't remember where we went. So. And I should know this information. Um, it is. It is wet. We're um, we're, we're drawing a campus. Nancy, on the, will you a look up? Exactly. on the table. <laughs> We've got Nancy Shirley here as well. She is a. Uh, she also works in Guatemala. Um, excuse me. When Grace is based here in Salisbury, and she's going to look it up on her phone while we uh, wait with bated breath. To see <laughs> if I can get it pulled if up. If you can get it pulled up, that's right. Um, so, you know, but I remember, and this is just kind of me kind of going a little bit down memory lane. I went, I think, in 2016 and then also again in either 2017 or 2018. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at my passport stamps because um, I have so many of those. <laughs> not at all. But um, I do remember that um, once you get, like, literally as soon as you leave the airport is just a mass chaos of traffic yeah. because everybody's going every which direction. If you've never been able to go to Guatemala or any any you know country that that just kind of there's no road rules, you just kind of go. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do know that once you get into Guatemala uh, in Antigua, you literally like, like turn off the the interstate freeway, whatever that they have there, and you mm-hmm. turn in into Antigua. It's like, oh, yeah. I just turned, and then here I am in this city. It's beautiful. Yeah, all the roads are cobblestone. I remember that. And Antigua is is very different from the rest of Guatemala. Just the cobblestone streets. Um, and then, yeah, going into the history of Antigua is also interesting. Oh, Nancy found it. It's southwest. Okay, southwest. Southwest. Antigua See, I knew it was one southwest. of those directions. I will have that memorized for the next time. <laughs> for the next asks time that you ask that random question. So. <laughs> it's about like from here to Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can get from here to Charlotte in 35, 40 minutes. So... That just shows you how much traffic there is if it takes yeah. up to three hours. And windy yeah. roads. <laughs> yeah, I remember those too. So yeah. um, so y- you were talking a little bit about, about Antigua and what makes it a little more special, a little more different than, than other parts of Guatemala. Yeah, so Antigua still has kind of its <laughs> colonial uh, heritage as far as the uh, infrastructure with um, the cobblestone roads and just the beautiful uh, churches, um, the beautiful Catholic churches, and... The food, oh my gosh, the food, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and the doors. The doors and, yeah, just the, the buildings. And so it's a very kind of quaint, beautiful little city. And a lot of people come to Antigua. It's actually a hub for being able to study Spanish as well. So there's a lot of tourists, um, travelers, a lot of, yeah, it's just kind of international, I guess. A lot of yeah. people from all over. So in that way it's a really cool city and then um the the projects that we work with though are all kind of on the outskirts of antigua so um escuela integrada the main project is in hocotenango which is on the outside of antigua and then um, another project we work with is in pastores and then another one in uh, parramos so they're all kind of located on the outskirts of antigua a lot of families at least specifically from Escuela Integrada, they travel, a lot of them are from different regions of Guatemala, um, but had traveled, you know, their parents or grandparents had traveled to Antigua, moved um, in hopes of finding more work opportunity just because of tourism and 
and of it the proximity uh, it, with Guatemala City as well. Do you do you see or do you know of a lot of people that travel for work outside of Antigua and then come back and just live in Antigua, or do most people that live there work there as well? I would say most probably work in Antigua or the surrounding areas, or they do travel to the city. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so you know, being in Antigua, being in Guatemala, um, you know, you work with you work as the executive director of Graces, and uh, so tell me, um, you know, I know kind of you know, our listeners may not know, but I know that you you told us again yesterday. Where did the term Graces come from? What does it stand for? And and I'm going to ask your history a little bit of that who thought of that if you if you know good question (laughs) (laughs) it's a cool name yeah so graces stands for guatemalan relief assistance for children's educational services and it might have been paula that came up with it i'm not sure um if not it was a group effort um people who had been um yeah i guess a little history the school had started uh, 20 years ago um, by a missionary couple from the United States uh, and other local Guatemalans. And so they had, you know, similar to Grace's, had a, a 501c3 that supported, that financially supported Escuela Integrada. Um, well, in 2013, um, that organization dissolved. Um, they had uh, left, that organization dissolved. And so the school was without funding basically without a way to for it to receive funding and so that's why graces was um created there's just people from here from from st john's from salisbury um tulsa oklahoma other areas of the united states who had been to the school and you know and wanted didn't want to see it shut down wanted to see it succeed and so um they formed uh graces because of that and so who actually came up with the name i do not know and i will I'll, I'm meeting with Paula actually later today, so I'll ask her. <laughs> <laughs> when you say Paula, you mean Paula, Paula Boland. Boland. She's yes. the uh, former executive director. Yeah, of she's the one that really like led up the effort to uh, to start Graces. That's cool. Um, so you're going to see her le- later today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what does a typical day uh, look like for the children in Escuela Integrada, uh, and what does you know Graces do on a daily basis to to work with them and to help them out? Yeah, the kids, they, you know, come to school at a normal time, like 8 o'clock. Um, and then the first thing is they eat breakfast. So the school does provide breakfast for them every day. Uh, so they eat breakfast, and they have a normal school day. Um, you know, they have their kind of core classes, math, science, language. Um, and then they also have some extracurricular classes as well. There's a lot of dancing going on. There's always dancing. <laughs> Someone's always dancing at the school. Um, and then they have art, um, PE classes, and then they have they have lunch at the school. Um, so they receive both breakfast and lunch at the school. And then is is that common to have both breakfast and lunch at a school like that in Guatemala? No. Um, public schools do provide um, lunch, but very, very basic. Um, and sometimes, I actually had a conversation not too long ago with a public school principal, um, and I was just trying to like figure out, you know, how how they did it and what the government did provide. And so the government does provide um, lunch, but sometimes they don't have people, you know, they don't have cooks or someone that can actually make it. 
So a lot of times <clears throat> parents will take turns making um, lunch for the kids or they just send them home with like dried beans or something like that. But yeah, at Escuela de Grada, there actually is designated cooks that make both lunch and breakfast. And yeah, having two meals a day is pretty unheard of in both public and private school settings. So we're really blessed that we're able to offer that to them. That's, now, is that something that you all started as a part of Grace's, or is that something that the school started and Grace's just helps to support, or where did that idea of having both lunch, breakfast and lunch come from? Um, there was a supporter who he was um, passionate about them uh, having receiving breakfast, uh, Steve Cook, this was Life and Air, um, which is an organization that has uh, supported Grace's for a long time. And so he kind of... Um, spearheaded that with <clears throat> the funding and everything. And so since then, we've just um, thankfully been able to uh, to continue with the breakfast and lunch program. Um, yeah, they, they had always had lunch, but breakfast was something that was added probably, I don't know, maybe six years ago or so. So it's, um, I mean, the kids, the families are so grateful for it. Um, I mean, that's just something that I hear all the time, how grateful they are for being able to have both breakfast and lunch. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time that I went down for filming with you all, um, they did not do breakfast yet. And then the okay. next time that we came down and I, I forget the, the, the years cause it was one year and then another year they were doing the breakfast okay. and that was something new that you all were really excited about. And so that, that, and it seemed to be because I think you all were noticing that like some of the kids, the only meals they get are at school. Mm -hmm. And so they're falling asleep, they're falling behind in their studies, whatever it may be, because they're tired and they don't have any nutrition until they get to lunch. So I think right. that was part of it as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, what schools all over the world see. I mean, even here in the United States, like if kids don't eat breakfast, if they don't have proper nutrition, then um, they don't they don't do as well at school. And yeah, in, in our case, the families that we work with, a lot of them, um, you know, they do maybe eat dinner, but it's very light or just do not have the resources to be able to provide that level of nutrition to um, to their kids. So I think that it's something that I know Bradler, our principal, the principal of Escuela Integrada has talked a lot about how that's super beneficial, obviously, to the children, but um, just also to the families as well, because then that's kind of one less expense that they have at home, too. So, yeah, definitely all around positive responses from the breakfast program. That's really good. Um, what are the so, you know, you're you're there every day. You're there at the school pretty much pretty much every day, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Or sort I, of. My um, my schedule's changed a, a little bit since um, since I became the director and so I do I try to be at the school a few days a week um we have a little Grace's office at Escuela Integrada um and so me and Sandra who is our vision trip coordinator and Lucas our sponsorship coordinator um were there you know during the week like I said I try to go there about a few times a week um and then I um I either work from home or a coffee shop or something when I really have to like <laughs> focus. Um, I love being at the school, but sometimes it's a little hard when, you know, someone's always wanting to talk to you or something like that, which is what I love. And that's why I want to be there. But 
um, yeah, so I try to kind of mix it up a little bit. Mix it up. That's that's cool. What are um, as you're kind of going through the 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 memories of the past year uh, with Grace's? What are some of the most memorable milestones that you all have uh, have uh, worked through and achieved? Yeah, I mean, I think just I know it's very like boring and generic, but um, just financially, you know, being able to grow um, financially over these past. I would say probably five years or so when we've really started to see um, more stability than than there was. Um, as I kind of had shared a bit about the history of the organization, um, I mean, really, Grace's started out of a crisis in a sense, you know, to be able to fund the school. So because of that, um, there's it's just been, you know, it's been hard <laughs> to try to gain that financial stability over the years. So I think just gaining that, and I wouldn't say we're completely there yet, right? We still have uh, more to go, but um, that's been huge. We also, the school, Escuela Integrada specifically, um, changed locations uh, this last year. No, sorry. It's been, I guess it's been two years now. Um, And so that's been really great too because the building is actually in a location where, a lot of our families live, um, and then also it's just bigger. It was actually built as a school versus the old building. It was beautiful, but it wasn't necessarily a school building. So this building is a school building. There's just more space um, for for not only the kids, but also the staff as well. Um, I remember at the old building, our psychologist, Lily, she kind of had like this makeshift office like in the very back of the building, um, that it worked, but, um, you know, now she's actually able to have like her own office. And so that's something that's been, um, huge these past few years. And then of course, because of COVID, the school, um, was actually completely shut down for a few years. And so that was something that was, it was difficult. It was very hard. Um, and not knowing, you know, the school, the administrators at the school, and then, of course, us at Grace's, like, okay, how do we continue on with our mission, right? How do we continue on with education when the schools were completely shut down um, and no resources to be able to continue um, education? Like, here um, in the United States, there was at least options for, you know, every pretty much, like, all the families have internet at their houses, right? Or, and I, I know that that's not the case for everyone, but just kind of generally. Um, and, but in Guatemala, I mean, you have, you have families that have dirt floors, right? And corrugated metal houses. Um, and so, and you know, many of them can't even buy food. And so thinking about how is this going to work, <laughs> to continue some type of online education um, when they're not even able to buy food for themselves. So that was something, I mean, really nothing short of miraculous um, that the school was like, okay, let's come up with the idea. Um, And they came up with the idea to purchase uh, data packages for all of the families. So in, in Guatemala, and I think this is true of a lot of developing countries that um, you can buy data packages, which essentially it's like cell phone minutes, but with internet, right? Like to go. And you can just get them 
at any little tienda and buy even like 75 cents worth of internet. Um, that won't last you very long, but it's um, an option to be able to buy it. And so they came up with a plan to buy these data packages for all of the kids. And so this was kind of the first year what we did and we fundraised for it. And um, so the students were able to access internet from any type of smartphone device that they um, that they had access to. So whether it was their parents or you know a brother or uncle. And so the first year, um, that's how we that's how they managed things was just via um, you know a, de- a device whatever device they could use um, and us providing internet and so. Uh, communicating with their teachers. Their teachers would send out lesson plans. They would um, do video calls. And then in 2021, we were actually able to purchase tablets for Mm. all of the students. So that was a huge fundraising effort in 2021. Um, You said for all the students? For all of the students, How many students are there? Um, There was about 160. Wow, that's great. So they were, so that's how they did all of 2021. And then, um, and completely from home, everything was from home. The Guatemala government did not allow schools to be in session um, physically. So, and then 2022 was kind of hybrid. So half um, at school and half in um, at home. And then finally, 2023, this year, (laughs) uh, they're able to go back uh, full time uh, at school. So, I think just looking back, I mean, even though it was not something that would have happened um, if it wasn't for COVID, you know, and definitely this extra expense, extra fundraising effort. um, I mean, I'm so thankful that we were able to do that because a lot of kids in Guatemala who went to public school, they just weren't, they didn't have education for two years. and so I'm just thankful that uh, we were able to uh, offer that. And then also just the advancement in technology that kind of came about um, because of having to do that. Um, so both the staff, the teachers, and the kids um, just really advancing in, in technology because of that. So, um, so yeah, even though it wouldn't be a normal you know, milestone, I would say, I think, uh, just because of like the situation, um, and being able to us being able to provide that for the kids. Um, it was, it was huge. And the families, you know, talk about how, uh, even the, the mother, um, who I had quoted yesterday, um, or on Sunday at the service, um, how she said, you know, they gave us the tools to facilitate learning. She was talking about, um, you know, the data packages and the tablets um, that were provided during COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and um, so you, all the kids currently have tablet or some form of tablet is, is what you're saying? Or Yeah, now um, they're just kept at the schools, okay. um, you know, because they don't need them at um, after school. So now they're just uh, kept at the schools. At the school. Mm-hmm. Um, so going forward uh, in 2024, what would you say some of the goals or the 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 um, the mission going forward would be for for you all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course, as always, just financially, right? Trying to um, trying to uh, increase our our budget and funding. Um, and I know one thing that the school is really trying to work on is um, English. So that's kind of been a goal for them. Um, 
uh, for them and for Grace's, you know, because we, that's something I think, oh, I don't know, probably like four or five years ago, uh, we had, you know, the board and um, people that had worked with Grace's were like, okay, it's really important, you know, that they learn English because just seeing all of the opportunity that came about um, because of being able to uh, speak English, especially in the Antigua area where there's a lot of tourism. And like I said before, with it being close to Guatemala City, um, different things like call centers, you know, um, and especially just with how the way the world is going, um, being able to... uh, to learn English is huge, um, you know, and I always kind of like went back and forth with, with that because I'm like, uh, like I wish that wasn't the case, you know, like I wish that um, there is would be a way, you know, for them to, um, you know, for Guatemala or, you know, the kids to be able to have sustainability without depending on, um, you know, like tourism or uh, just globalization, right? Um, but I, I think just being realistic, you know, and realizing that this is, I mean, partially this is, this is the world, this is the way the world's going. Um, anyway, and so learning English was definitely a goal for both Grace's and thankfully um, the school as well. And so this year, um, the end of this year, we actually have started this pilot um, Saturday English program. Um, so where there's a few staff members that lead that on Saturday morning and it's just kind of like a little English club um, fairly like informal but the idea would be to get um, more volunteers and people that could come to the school on Saturday and um, speaking English with the kids and then um, so another uh, program that we started to partner with um, this past year Academy of Future Leaders they are specifically um, dedicated to um, mentorship and English. So it's an after-school English program that's in Paramos. It's one of the programs that I was talking about earlier. Um, and so they do after-school English, and we just saw, like, pretty... They were just very successful at it. Um, kids from this... A few students from the school, they had went to this program. Um, Fernanda, like, some of the girls that Nancy... Um, uh, family that... Uh, she sponsors a few of the girls in that family. Um, and then just watching her, like she did this program for a year after school. And she came out of that being able to speak English. I mean, not perfect, but being able to carry on a conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so just seeing like the the success of that program, we were like, okay, what can we what can we do? You know, and so um this year, we this past year, 2023, um, Grace has sponsored 15 uh, older students to go to their after-school program um, and in Paramos every day. And then um, what we're hoping for next year, 2024, is to actually um, Academy of Future Leaders um, will hopefully uh, open up sort of like a satellite campus at Escuela Integrada, and then we'll be able to provide scholarships for all of the junior high students, so 7th, 8th, and ninth graders, to study um, English after school. And so that's, um, yeah, that's what we're hoping for, for, for 2024. That's a huge, um, thing that will be. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, with, uh, it's a part of that. Uh, so you, with the partnership that you will have, do you have, do you all have a lot of partnerships to kind of expand past the regular, um, 
studies, the regular mm-hmm. curriculum that, that is a part of what, what they're being taught. Are there other partnerships that you all have lined up or that you work with currently to kind of go beyond that for the kids at the school? Yeah, um, we also work with um, AHABA. Um, they're a program that is in Pastores. And so it's not necessarily the kids of Escuela Integrada that go there, but it is an after-school program that is in the area of Pastores, um, Guatemala. And so we started working with them a few years ago, just um, some you know financial support each month and then also helping with um so for example we bring a lot graces brings a lot of uh, mission uh, vision trips down to guatemala and so we um had a team this year that came and they helped um they helped the ahava with like a vbs and then also they're trying to actually build a school in the area so helping um with the, they had to build like this long driveway because it's literally like on the side <laughs> of this mountain. Um, it's beautiful. The area is beautiful. Um, but they had to build like this huge driveway in order for even like, you know, cement trucks and work trucks to get up there. And so we had a, a team this year that helped um, with that. And so they're uh, another really great program that just fits into the mission of Grace's. Um, the physical, emotional, spiritual support, you know, those are kind of the three areas that we focus on. Um, and so, yeah, so I think it's been, it's been about two years now that we have been partnering with them. And then specifically at Escuela Integrada, the school also partners with another organization called Ser, Ser Nina, Ser Nino, um, and they uh, focus on just addressing issues in Guatemala as far as gender inequality and um, violence. And so they have this whole program um, that they do and they work with, I think it's our fifth grade students up. Um, and there's kind of different uh, levels. And so there's like a program now for older kids that's like a really um, in-depth like leadership program. And so that has been something that's been really, um, really beneficial to to the students and to the community, um, just addressing those issues of um, gender inequality, because they're not only working with like just women, right? They're working with um, the boys, too. So, you know, going through all this, I mean, you all have a lot going on uh, through as well, but also with graces and, and everything that kind of goes out of that. Um, here at St. John's, um, how can uh, members of St. John's, uh, people who are associated with St. Uh, John's, support you all in accomplishing these goals for this coming year, for other, you know, as far as financially, as far as program-based, as far as what you all are kind of dreaming up? Mm-hmm. Um, what is a good way to have um, us help you um, through that? And I know that, uh, like I mentioned a minute ago, uh, Nancy Shirley is here with us today, and she's a member here at St. John's as well. Um, you've been here for a while. Long time. Long time. You've been here longer <laughs> than me, and I've been here working on nine years now. Um, and so I know you've been here for a long time. But um, you live here in Salisbury, Nancy, and you uh, work with Grace's as well. Um, Grace's is, of course, you know, kind of based, you know, the, the, the nonprofit itself is based in Salisbury, mm-hmm. technically, even though, I mean, it's just kind of where it's headquartered. Um, so, um, so you kind of do a lot of that stuff here, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me I if do. I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, so you know the, the intricacies, the ins and outs of, of all this. Um, how do you think we can best help? 
Well, the probably one of the most important things that members of St. John's can do if they're financially able is to sponsor a child. We also have sponsorships for classrooms and different programs within the school too. Um, but the child sponsorship is really important. The, your sponsorship helps provide their education, provide some of their food, um, just their whole well-being. And the one thing about our program at Grace's is you think of the kids just going to school, but our program really ends up helping the whole family. It's like a community within itself. Um, and a, to sponsor a child there, it's not just sending your money every month to, to go to some random school in Guatemala. You develop a relationship with the school, with the children. We have Zoom meetings with the sponsors quarterly to update them on the school in general. Um, the children, you are able to have Zoom calls with your child and actually speak to them and see them. You get notes from them. You can write them letters back and forth. Um, it's a relationship. And on that note, Hannah has mentioned vision trips several times. Um, everyone's heard of a typical mission trip where you go work all week. Um, we call our programs vision trips because it's more than just the work. Yes, we do have work to do. We have service projects usually that are available, but the vision trip is about learning about your child, learning about the culture of Guatemala. You have the ability to visit their family and take them a food bag so you can understand the conditions that they live in and how they live. Um, and some of these some of our sponsors have started sponsoring a child in kindergarten and sponsored them all the way through, and you really do develop a relationship. Hannah indicated um, this one family of four girls actually sponsor one of the children, but I'm very close to all four of them. So when I go to Guatemala, I visit them, and we actually talk back and forth through um Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or whatever, you know, the Internet allows us to do. And one of the children is the one that um, she was talking about went to the English school and learned to speak English. Well, when she and I started talking, we were using the translator app all the time, and who knows how things ever <laughs> really got translated. But then she wrote me back one day and said, you have to speak to me in English now. I'm working on my English. Oh, wow. So that's been a lot better doing that. Um but anyway, and, and we have quite a few people sponsoring children here at St. John's, and you can talk to several of them, and they tell you about their relationship with their child. Some have been to Guatemala, um, some have not, um, but um, it's just it's a special relationship. And then also, if you're able to go to the vision trip on a vision trip, um, like I said, you can visit your family, you can learn some of the cultural aspects of the country. It's it's just a very educational trip for you as a sponsor. Um, and you come back feeling differently about yourself, your child, um, everything. It's just a wonderful experience. So those are probably two of the most important ways, but we're all the time having fundraisers like Hannah uh, talked about with the tablets this past year. This past summer, we had a big fundraiser to provide a pair of shoes for every child in the school. And we were able to do that because a lot of them, as Hannah indicated, walked to school, um, and they didn't have decent shoes. 
So they were able to get a brand new pair of shoes, which was a really big deal. Um, so, and then we also every spring have a fundraiser called Walk for Graces, or Run for Graces. Racing for Graces. Racing for Graces. <laughs> Sorry, that's because my group doesn't race; we walk. So, so we walk for Graces, and everybody else in the United States runs for Graces. I guess I'm going to join your group. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we each we have a couple little hubs around the United States, and we form these little groups in every every hub and then on the same day we walk or run or whatever we do I organize a group that walks over near on the Greenway Trail for a a little bit Um, and we do that as a fundraiser to for some specific cause for the school too so there's all kinds of little ways you can get involved that's great that's um and uh I know that St. John's in the past also I think has sent some youth trips um to, to Guatemala, um, specifically to Escuela Negrada, um, you know, what, so what would I expect, uh, if I went on a vision trip, um, to, to Guatemala with you all? Yeah. Um, give me a day by day. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just give me a general view of what that would look like. I would say, uh, one of the most impactful things is, um, doing home visits. And so we take, uh, food bags to the families of, um, of students, primarily students out of Escuela Integrada, and visit them. Um, it's normally just like a 15 or so minute visit with the family, um, and then usually like praying with them and um, providing the food bag as well. And I will say that, um, you know, because a lot of people do ask, well, are the families comfortable with this? Like, you know, isn't that weird to have a bunch of strangers in your home? Um, and it, uh, yes, like it would be weird um, if the school did not have this like long-standing trusted relationship uh, with the family and the community. So I think um, because of you know, this relationship, um, or because of just the school um, being in the community for the past twenty years, and um, the work that uh, Escuela Integrada has done, it's um, yeah, the families. It's very well received by by all of the families, um, and and again, this is like the work because of the work that's been done like on a local level, um, and us just being able to kind of come in alongside of that effort um, and help with financial resources, and so. Um, yeah, that's one of the main things that we do, um, and it kind of depends, like what time of the year the group is coming, what opportunities there are. Like I said, Ahava, the the other ministry that we work with, um, they, um, you know, they needed to build this driveway. So during that time, you know, we had, it was like 20 or so kids, over 20 kids from um, First United Methodist, First Methodist Church in Tulsa that we work with, um, that worked with us. And so they um, all came and, and helped with that. Um, my group built stoves when stoves, we went. Uh, e- yeah, the eco stoves that we do. We've done um, water filters, uh, family night. That's a huge thing, too, inviting um, families of the school to come. And typically we do, like, a craft and then uh, activities with them and eat pizza, and it's always a super fun night. Dancing, yeah, come down, you get free salsa lessons, which is fun. <laughs> um <laughs> And then we try to incorporate uh, cultural activities as well, um, things like cooking, um, 
or a history class. Uh, I think that's something that we uh, has been very important to us as an organization for our supporters to learn about Guatemala um, because a lot of times there can be this mentality, as we were saying, of, okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to serve and I'm going to work and then I'm going to get out. And it's really very like, you know, even though if we w don't want to admit it, kind of ego-based, right? Because it's about like what we're able to do um, versus something that God is asking us to do is like, listen, you know, learn, listen. Um, how can we um, learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ in Guatemala? And so I think just being able to learn about the history too is super important. Um, and so that's something that we've uh, really tried to incorporate these last few years is just like these activities so that um, participants can like learn about, about Guatemala. One of the aspects of the country when you were describing the country is Guatemala is our Antigua is surrounded by volcanoes mm -hmm. and some of them are active volcanoes and you can usually see some little fire every now and then. Um, but one of the activities a lot of the kids like to do when they bring a mission uh, vision trip group down is w one of their culture activities is to climb a volcano. Um, I've done it Nancy once. Nancy Shirley I, has climbed an active <laughs> volcano. I want everyone I to know. I didn't think I was going to live through it, so um, I have done it, but I will never do it again. Never do um, it again. Check but, that off but the, the But the kids love it. It's yeah. part of learning about the country and, and the desolate mm -hmm. surroundings some of them have. So that's Yeah, I was... We didn't climb a volcano when I was down there, but we had an earthquake. I remember that. That yeah, was that was always fun stuff like that. Too. Yeah, <laughs> never a dull moment. Yeah. Well, Hannah, um, Nancy, as we wrap up our brief conversation, um, I want uh, I was hoping that you could give us a bit of a call to action. Um, what is the best way to communicate with you all? The most effective way to support the ministry for anyone, not just St. John's, but mm -hmm. anyone. Um, and how can they get information beyond this podcast or just hearing you speak or whatever through through um, um, different avenues? Yeah, um, if you go to our website, www.wearegraces.org, um, there's a, I think it's support, or get involved. <laughs> there's get involved uh, tab. And so that will show you uh, information about the sponsorships, um, vision trips, um, if anyone is interested going on a vision trip, they can contact uh, Nancy um, Shirley at nancy at wearegraces.org. Um, sponsorships, uh, our sponsorship coordinator, Lucas at Lu uh, lucas at wearegraces.org. Um, and then we just have a lot of other stuff on our website. You can become, maybe you're not able to financially give, you can become a prayer partner. So we have an um, area to sign up for that on the website as well. Um, but yeah, I think just by continuing to be involved, um, keeping up with what's going on, uh, social media, we're pretty active on both Facebook, um, Facebook, Instagram, X. Um. <laughs> yeah, don't forget X. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're pretty active on social media. So just following us on all the platforms. Um, and yeah, just continuing to to pray. And then if you're, as Nancy said, if you're able to financially give, sponsorship program is a huge way. Um, if you're only able to make um, one-time donations, 
Uh, this year, uh, we normally always have a kind of year-end campaign, and that's normally our biggest campaign that we try to do. And so this year, we're going to be um, raising money for our meal support program. It's like one of the hugest, you know, biggest expenses that we have, as you can imagine, providing breakfast and lunch. So um, so we'll be raising money for that um, this year as well. So keep an eye out. We normally start that campaign um, on Giving Tuesday, uh, which is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's really a lot of ways to get um, involved and to to be active, um, to be informed about what we're doing in Guatemala. Um, and, yeah, we just we love it when people can um, come down and see for themselves, too. So if you're able to go on a vision trip, come on a vision trip, then highly recommend it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, sorry. One other thing. Um, supporters gathering. That is coming up um, in November, so coming up pretty quickly here. Um, and so if you're interested, I won't go into all because it's kind of, you know, I won't go into like everything that entails, but it's, uh, yeah, it's something that we do every year. Supporters from all around the United States come, and we kind of give updates on um, the ministry, what's going on. And then the big event is uh, that the participants um they're able to come to the graduation. So we have both elementary and uh, the junior high graduation during that time. And so if you're interested in that, then you can also contact Nancy. Where will the supporters gathering be this year? It's Ant- at the school? Antigua. It's a, yeah, it's okay, Antigua. It's, so it's there at the school. And I have already made plans to go, so I can, we'll be happy to help anybody make their plans. Mm-hmm. Charter a plane there? Well, no, you can't <laughs> charter a plane, but... I can tell you what flight I've already booked. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, thank you both so much. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you uh, for joining us in this discussion. Um, And I want to thank our listeners for joining us in this episode of Conversations That Matter. Make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. Until next time, thank you again, Hannah and Nancy. And uh, I am your host, Taylor Hutchins. Grace and peace be with you all. 